Hello, Nora and our listeners. Hello, listeners slash Sophie. We are here today to discuss a very depressing episode. (laughs) Very special depressing. Such a bum. It's a bum episode. Multiple meanings of bum. Um, Men are weak. Death is scary. Um, People can't flirt with each other in any real way. Just like... 100%. Just issues. But at the same time, this was kind of action-packed and... Every single main character was had one or two scenes, which is pretty impressive. So I love that you always give like your your thesis statement of the what, top what line we're summary. Into. Yes, <laughs> it's just my work coming out. I always have to give top line summaries. So, but yeah, I think the bad flirting paired with the sad scenes makes for a big recipe of bummer. A big yeah, it was a big plate of bummer for this one. Long so weekend. Is, yes, long weekend, season one, episode ten. Is Labor Day, because this is set over Labor Day, is Labor Day always a bummer? Because I feel like Labor Day is always a bummer. Cause it's like summer's over, you have that feeling. I yes. at least don't ever plan anything fun, and then I forget, and then I'm like, oh crap, it's a three-day weekend. I thought you meant like historically a bummer, but and I was no, gonna be like that would have been a smarter question to ask. I was like, gonna be like, Memorial Day is probably a bigger long weekend bummer because of mm-hmm. you know, you're remembering people who've died. Yeah, but that's true. I, I know I'm what you mean. Right. Like <laughs> it's like how August is the Sunday of months, Labor Day is kind of like the launch out of summer. It is a bummer. It's the 4 p.m. on Sunday of vacations. In but I will opinion, always but. take a Monday off. I'll just put that out there. That's true. It's better than, remember we used to have Fridays off? That was such bullshit, even though it was nice. But then like the next week, you're like, oh, five-day week. This has nothing to do with Mad Men. Hello, That's okay. Everyone. Let's jump in. Let's jump <laughs> Let's in. Let's jump in. Um, I will try to not tangent too much. I mean, the tangents are the fun part, though, right? That's true. So, so yeah. Up. I'll just take this one because take we get it. introduced to Grandpa Jean, which is such a weird character. And I <laughs> mentioned my grandma last time. Grandpa Jean totally reminds me of my grandpa, who's married oh, to that wow. grandma, because he's just bald head and just like very of his time and brash. And I don't know why in his face, he just totally reminds me of my grandpa. <laughs> so it's really interesting to see him, but... Did you have a, were, yeah. you, were you close to your grandpa or was he more of like a family figure? He's more the, he's more of a figure, at least more. I don't think I was close with him because he died when I was a lot younger, but also he was sort of softened by them because he was a lot older. The version, more the family figure version of my grandpa is who reminds me of Grandpa Jean in this show. Yes, I, like, that's I've why I asked. pictures of yeah. my grandpa, I'm like, that guy would kick your ass. And you can tell Grandpa Jean could kick someone's ass. Well, Grandpa Jean like, freaks me out. And I feel like Sally is, you're probably seeing your grandparents because of Sally too. And, and she's probably seeing Grandpa Jean as a figure. Though yes. that's how the episode starts. She's like running in the house and she says you know, Grandpa Jean's here and like, quote unquote, Aunt Gloria. And because I get media amnesia, I'm like, Betty has a sister. And then I was like, oh, right. That's not her sister. Awkward. Like, um, is it the first time, my first question, is it the first time do you think that Betty has met Gloria? Or do you think that they've met and this is the first time that just done? Like, um, is this her first reaction to her? Or is she just like, I'm bitter? That's really interesting. Um, so I guess for the listeners that we find out Aunt Gloria is actually Grandpa Jean's 
lover. Lover after... Like, woman, lady, after Betty's mom died, which I believe we've been saying has only been about a year, so this moved on Mm -hmm. pretty quickly, and I would be pissed about that if I was, like, daughter to Grandpa Jean. Um, Yeah. So, I I guess, like, her... Her... Betty's cynicism towards, like, quote-unquote Aunt Gloria is masking if it's the first meeting or not. I like, I, I kind of have a feeling it was like they'd probably met a time before because how would Sally know like aunt Gloria was here, you know, that's a good point. But yeah, maybe somebody be. had said, Oh, cause like, who's going to say that Jean's lover is like her aunt. Like that just feels like, like kid but truth, that, you know? Agree. And I also don't think that that's something like, Grandpa Jean's not going to have the wherewithal to be like, this is your Aunt Gloria. Like, no. there would need to be some work done on the adult's part, or rather Betty's part, to make sure that that makes sense. Correct. So, I maybe, maybe one other time meeting before, but pretty fresh. Um, so, Sally says to Don that they're, they have arrived, and Don tries to escape for work, which I think was kind of funny. Yeah. He's like, I hate these people. They hate <laughs> um, me. Yeah, and Betty's preparing for a beach outing, um, which kind of ties back to the whole conversation with, um, like, Betty wanting a beach house with the money that Don gave to Adam. Yeah, it kind of, I think that's part of why back then I was like, isn't it Labor Day or, like, summer? Because I, when they were talking about that, I'm like, don't they go to the beach house? Fast forward three months. Yes. Yes, they're going to the beach. Um, And what else do I have? I have uh, that... So Betty is very coyly, but also not that subtly. Um, he looks. She looks up at Don. And says, "Hey, can you help me with the extra suitcase?" Don goes, "Why do you need extra suitcase? Just help me." And then goes upstairs and proceeds to bitch about Gloria. So much bitching. Yes. So much bitching. And I think one of my favorite parts is there's a part where, like, the suitcase is open on the bed, and Don goes, do you want me to fill this with hay? How far do we kind of go with this? Because <laughs> how are we going to keep lying? She's like, it's fine. I don't know why I always find that part really funny. It's just, just like, like when you're trying to get somebody to talk to privately, and it's not subtle. Yeah, and you're like, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, right before the complaining, though, the only thing that yeah. felt, like, worth noting was... Um, how Betty's trying to get her father to put uh, saccharin instead of sugar into his mm-hmm. coffee. And she's like kind of being controlling about him getting like being in good health and not getting diabetes. Cause it seems like that's something kind of like adjacently in their family. And she says like a really callous thing about like, do you want to get your foot cut off? Like this so-and-so person. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, that's just kind of like Betty being controlling. And we already mm-hmm. know that she has like, controlling eating habits anyway so that just felt kind of like that's kind of interesting part of her character that's kind of interesting because i think i viewed it at least initially the the opposite way i wrote like gloria's a yes man and betty hates it because betty like gloria's just like yeah i have some sugar i got packets for no reason from howard johnson and i'm going to just give it to you but I think we get to a bigger, <laughs> a bigger discussion of can you choose that sort of thing. So like that's not outside the purview. But but to go back I to did, the bitching, um, Betty was kind of aggressive. Yeah. Yes, and she says like it would have been uh, better if her father had 
you know, had companionship with a housekeeper or who, who, or who was being taken care of by a housekeeper. And Don actually like defends their relationship, which I felt like was fair. I think both mm-hmm. of them come from like an interesting place because Betty is, as we know, still grieving her mother. So I understand why she would be upset about this new fling. Yeah. Um, but Don is also like, he's what he has like crippling dependency on women. So I feel like uh, that, like him defending Jean's decision to be with a woman is very like is is in character of Don Draper, you know. And yeah, Betty also like, calls Gloria a chatterbox, which I thought was funny. Yes, for sure. Um, because Betty yeah. can't really shut up about Gloria, to be honest. For sure, I think they both had a point. And you're right; this is totally in line with Don and Betty. Betty's gonna like kind of step at the other lady, but Don's going to be like, "You need someone to warm your bed at night," and it's like red flags so this was just a fun opening and set the stage for all the later gene interactions i think it's like next season or the season after should we jump into the next scene yeah the kennedy commercial which i personally loved oh i I thought it was good i thought it was like a very embarrassing song really i liked it i like cheesy stuff it was like better than paul's song yes it just felt like saturated with like Americana. I don't know. It's so patriotic. It's very patriotic. <laughs> I'm just I like being cynical. I love that the opening line is Do you want a man who has some spritz? What does that mean? <laughs> that probably like, means like I've energy never... versus like old ass Nixon, you know? It's true. He has no spritz. Like, how no spritz? You, <laughs> you gotta give some spritz to the young guys. Now, I'm just picturing though, like Kennedy with like an Aperol spritz, you know? I don't like, know what that is. Like, an, it's a cocktail. It's like an apple. Oh, I want to have one, but also that sounds like a little too fancy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I mean, it, it's fine. I think I was like also kind of craving, like mm. as embarrassing as I thought the song was. I was like, that'd be so fun to have like political songs today as commercials instead I of like was thinking, you know, Yeah. What if you had, I mean, I don't know if Biden could like have a his would be kind of like the kennedy one where it's super embarrassing but it's like slightly catchy and you kind of warms your heart but you're like i'm sort of embarrassed that i like this i feel like that would be the biden song yes or um, you try to go way too young and you'd be like oh no well you you fed into the kool-aid because uh all the <laughs> <laughs> all the uh um the office bros are like this nixon commercial is a snooze um, and Don has actually had this really interesting line where mm-hmm. he was criticizing a public relations firm who did the ad for Nixon instead of a creative agency yeah. like Sterling Cooper, which felt like a, like a jab at the industry, you know, like they're yeah. clearly like in competition with PR firms. Um, Roger sure. says watching TV is their job. And I felt like we, we talked about this last time, like this particular scene kind of made the connection a little bit tighter of like why they're watching political commercials and talking about like the election in the office, but still don't really understand because they're not, they are not hired to do commercials for Nixon. Yeah. They're still out of pocket. So, and given that they're a small agency that can like freak out, like later in the episode, Dr. Scholes gets like cans them and they freak out like they get sort of upset at at least initially if dr shoals matters why are you going out of pocket for nixon like it seems like they're smaller fish but yeah and i guess 
like this line Roger says is why it connected it together for me, like watching TV is their job. So there, this is probably all just like, you have to see what your competition is doing in order mm-hmm. to be ready for when things get picked up or, or like mm-hmm. when you get hired, but still feels like Matthew Weiner's kind of just dropping this in to set the political stage of the time. Yes. And to give Don a stage to say that he sees himself in Nixon and then Kennedy's silver spoon, which is, Funny for multiple reasons, but Wait, I love that. I love that. I feel like Don Don pulls a whole like there's a story here, you know. And then I he, think he he has a great story, you know. Like he has like data. I was like, that is a really good top line. Like you know, like little four sentences there, but at the same time, one I think he I think Roger sort of gives him a weird look because Don reveals so much about himself, <laughs> like. <laughs> here's all the stuff about Nixon. I see myself in him and Roger's like, well, there we go. I don't have to ask you questions about yourself. I can kind of tell. And I mean, I guess I'm zooming ahead, but I think that there's like a really interesting parallel between this and then the discussion, which we can save for then. Uh, but in a couple of scenes with um, Abe Mankin and trying to say, change his store where John's on the other side of the argument. Mm-hmm. And, and he's actually made from nothing. I think there's like a, just a really interesting parallel there that made me see this kind of speech Don gives differently. Well, that's kind of echo- echoed throughout the episode, this idea of like coming from nothing, I think. And uh, I, I don't know. I just think this whole like Kennedy was given a silver spoon. Nixon, I see myself in because he came from nothing, built himself up as a politician. Um, it made me... <laughs> like understand why Don is like good at his job. Yeah. This, this is much better than it's toasted much, much better. Correct. If he would have had Correct. this at the beginning, I would have been okay. He can come up with a really good story in like four sentences that compels me to almost want this candidate, even though I wouldn't. Um, one thing I looked up because this has come up, I think in the past, you know, Kennedy, a recent immigrant. And I went, okay, I want to understand what they mean by that. Apparently, they mean that his his great grandparents were from Ireland, Ireland, and that Correct. counts as a recent immigrant. Like, I just I know there's racism. I just how purebred do you want to go? Maybe just by by today's standards, but I was just really surprised. Yeah, that I it feel was like the Irish got back. really a lot of backlash when they immigrated to like Ellis Island in the mm-hmm. early 1900s. So mm-hmm. maybe the people in this office come from like 1800s or even earlier than that, you know, like Dutch and German people. So they were on the Mayflower. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, let's see. I, I thought there was two kind of an interesting chat with the, uh, mm-hmm. what do you want to call it? agency men, the mad men, I guess <laughs> about how people were on the fence about this election um, just cause I, I don't know, just cause I feel like politics are so polarizing now that I'm like, how can people be on the fence about like a person? Um, but I thought that was interesting. The about- moment you said that, I just hear Peter going, a lot of people are on the fence, <laughs> which, which ties into something yes. like multiple times. Yes. Peter saying things definitively that don't help or lies. Oh, he always does that. He always does. Let's see. Let's see. Um, what do you have next? I'm reading like my chicken scratch notes. (laughs) I have Joan and Roger. So Roger. Hold on. uh, Wait. wait. Tries to. Wait. So we're, we're still, I'm still with the political situation. You're still with the political. Okay. Sorry. I I was reading my chicken scratch, you know, um, 
Roger says Rachel's stopping by because it's been a minute. And then Mm -hmm. at one point he says, potentially my favorite line of the episode, which is, Don, I want you to ride bareback over Paul. I'm like, what? (laughs) What? What does that mean? I don't know what that means, but everyone smirks like, yeah, we got it, buddy. And then, then Roger says, um, to Don, like, I know Rachel, Rachel bothers you. And I wrote more like hot and bothered. Am I right? That's oh, all yeah. I have to say. I would high five you if I was there in person. I totally agree. And now also we can go. Roger, oh, go ahead. And then also Roger just knowing Don so well. And he's like, I understand that you have this thing going on. It's obvious to everyone. And I'm looking at you. You're not as hidden as you think. I don't know. I kind of read his line as like, he's actually annoyed with Rachel, but maybe there was a, there's a couple nuanced lines in this, which we can get to. Um, anyway, up for interpretation now, interpret later. Now we can go to Joan. I just starting off. What do you think of Joan's dress? I thought it was all over the place. I did not like it. I appreciate that you agree with me because I usually love what Joan wears and she looked good but it looked like one of those block I don't remember the artist like a famous painting you know, I know what you're like talking the, about the cubes yes, it's a, yes. The it looks primary like primary colors and that Escher that's not Escher I don't know but I know exactly what you're talking yes about. it looks like a famous painting mm-hmm. and it doesn't look good on her dress why would you do red and blue and blue and red on your waist even though you still look banging all the time um that's a caveat caveat but um roger basically goes up to joan and pretends to chat with her across the office gets to his uh his personal office joan doesn't completely shut the door to let you know jar love that you know boundaries i'm kind of not still your girl and we haven't seen since babylon them really super interacting we had that one tense interaction where she said, I need advance over the weekend. She, Carol, who also is in this episode, yep. she goes away with her instead. So clearly there's some distance between her and Roger. Correct. So Roger is trying to cajole her a little bit and in a sexy way, in his own like uh, impish way to be, say, it's Labor Day weekend. My family's gone. We should go like have sex and be in uh, hotel rooms and go to restaurants. And Joan is very cold. Joan wants some mm-hmm. distance. Do you think she's freaked out about the bird still? She's like, you gave me this pet that you compared to like wanting to lock me up to like, go fuck yourself. I definitely think it's that, but I do think I looked up the, the plot of the apartment. She yes, brings up. I did too. And which is a movie that came out like in this time period. And it mirrors her life pretty well. And I think they bring up Marilyn Monroe later along with Joan as well. Mm. Um, And both of them are stories of women who are, have tough lives and are overly sexualized and try to commit suicide. And the fact that she sees herself in both really, I think it's spoke to Joan probably more than anyone would have thought and probably she would have expected my guess is she went to see it on a whim and it really got to her because actually the story is very similar where she has this fling with this person who works in the office and there's actually two people who work in the office and 
at the end, essentially one of them goes back to their suburban comfort life and like leaves mm. the woman alone. Bef- I think it's before the woman commits suicide or tries to commit suicide, the Charlotte McLean. So I'm sure she went, that sounds like Roger. If you gave the bird that the, gave them me, the woman a bird in the movie, that would be exactly like me. So yes. I, it's it's kind of interesting. It's kind of like when you have a dream about somebody and they do something bad to you, but in real life, like they didn't do anything to you. And then you like hold a grudge against them for like a couple hours. And I feel mm-hmm. like Joan probably was like, if I don't get my shit together, I might end up like the apartment. Mm-hmm. And that's funny because that's something um, Roger even says. I always loved this, this little phrase that he says. Um, so Mona had a dream that I ran over the dog with the car and she was mad at me all day oh. and we don't even have a dog. I just find that so like something that would happen. That feels really real to me that you would get in a fight over something that someone did in a dream and it's not even possible. That must've been in my subconscious. Cause I know you just watched this episode and I watched it like a week ago. And so I probably just didn't write that down, but totally. I I'm going to pretend like I came up with that myself. <laughs> Um, So then we go into the meeting with Rachel and her father, that whole Mankins, you know, Mm -hmm. campaign. Um, And her dad boasts about being progressive, um, saying like, you know, I'm into whatever you guys want to do kind of uh, because like, obviously I'm a progressive. Like I let my daughter at these business meetings, which I'm like, okay, like you get points for that, you know, but Mm -hmm. he kind of like wants to leave the store as is and is like a little skeptical on the campaign correct Mm -hmm. yes that's definitely what i had um so something else i had sort of in the midst of all this don starts pitching abe to try to make sure that you know they can go ahead with this plan and he pitches in double speak staring at rachel saying that your new customers are like your daughter sophisticated uh educated they know what they want they are okay they're willing to pay for it while staring at Rachel. Is this creepy or is this hot? Because I thought it kind of hot, but I was also upset by it. I wrote, (laughs) Don made a subtle move, but now that you're recapping it, that feels like really not subtle, you know? Um, It was subtle other than them making fuck ass at each other. I don't know. Probably hot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was like almost my Don dupe at the same time. I was like, I feel like I'd be into that, but yeah, I think I'd be into it. It's like all complimentary and not like a lie. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, sure. I'm into that. Um, there's like another brief mentioning of like coming from nothing at this point. Like, yeah, at this idea of like building the store up from what you had and like, let's make it even better, you know? Um, so that's it's- again, yeah, echoed throughout. And yes. I just think it's really interesting that Don is on the other side here. He's making a speech to Abe about, you know, you're really proud of this palace and like this way that you had to make things through a really difficult time, but your kids don't care. They want to move on. And that's exactly what he's not doing with Nixon. Like people want to move on. You don't have to have the person who built himself from nothing mm. there. You can Ooh. have the other person who has all of these other things that connect with young people and he's just not willing to do it. Also, this personally struck me as like, you know, we've went through a lot of like anti-Semitism. I feel like American gets more credit from building himself from nothing, uh, from nothing than Nixon, but 
anyway, I just thought there was like a really interesting contrast there. Yes. That's, I, I really like that. Uh, what do you call it? That comment and that par- mm. their parallelism you made. Yes. Um, and then should we talk about it is before that we definitely should. There's, I mean, this is a bigger point that we can make later with Roger. There are so many instances of people saying daddy in public when it's women past 30. <laughs> it's like three scenes and three different women is like daddy. And I'm like, okay, we're in a uh, professional setting. What are we doing? That's my whole comment, but <laughs> I love you, Rachel. But and I don't like that. You can be close to him, but like you're in a business meeting. Oh, her uh, outfit was my favorite in this episode. I appreciate you choosing that because I knew we were going to battle for Joan's outfit later, which is fantastic. No, I this is totally my favorite. Really? Um, yeah, I did a, like it a lot. It was it's very a clean. yellow dress with like black accents on the sleeves mm. and like on the collar, and then she. Has I feel this, like, like I could see you wearing that. Me? Oh, I don't know. I don't feel yeah. like white people look very good in yellow. <laughs> I feel like I mean you're wearing yellow right now. I know I am. Well, I'm wearing PJs, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, I feel like you could like look really good in that minus the necklace where the necklaces are almost never. No, I love her. Well, maybe you're right, but the necklace she's wearing is very loud. It's huge. It's It's a statement. It's a statement. I loved her outfit. She, she pretty much always looks good. She looks good in her like crazy, like silk nighty later, which we can love that nighty. Yes. (laughs) So (laughs) intense. But anyway, we can go back to Pete being an idiot, which is a source of joy for us. Oh Yes. We were laughing about this before getting on, on this call. Um, so I can let you take it. (laughs) Okay. So I I believe it's Abe. Right. And he says like, Oh, this like is very well thought out, you know? Mm -hmm. And then Peter just chimes in like an annoying bird and he's like, it is. And then it just feels like air is out of the balloon. Like it's just so, and I just wrote you fucking idiot. You know, there's just, there is definitely an awkward silence after that. And what do we possibly say now? Um, this is, again, the birth of Pete saying things that are confident for no reason. I know I am jumping ahead seasons, but among these lines will include next season. Astronauts love golf and housewives love green. And <laughs> he just says with complete confidence in meetings. So this is, it's going to be sort of a really fun journey for us. It reminded me too of the meeting in a couple episodes prior yeah. where he, he was like, well, are we done here? And Don is like, no. And it's just like, so just, he comes across so confidently, but it, it, it like to everyone else in the room, you're like, dude, you just don't have the charisma. Like you do not have it. You don't have enough to back that up. You have to have a little bit of something. Like you're up such a weasel, you know? You have to like have, you have to say the two sentences that Don said and then say it is later. And then people will be like, he's the man. But you don't right. say those two sentences. You just say the confidence like at the end and you don't have enough to build it. So I totally agree. I I feel like it would be hard though for even Don to just pull off and it is, I think he would need to be like, you know, you, you, you take this or leave it kind of thing. And that would be the confidence that a Don Draper would exude as a contrast to what Peter Campbell says. I really in this moment now want to try to 
in some kind of client meeting, just use this phrase and see if it works. Just say it is, but I feel like I'll crumble and then say, I'm so sorry. And then explain the whole thing. It'll make it so much worse. It is. It's like a very definitive statement. It takes, it takes a lot of gall to say that. I gotta I wait why. until like, I like, it's like hole in one. Like I did fantastic. And then mm-hmm. I'll think, should I pull this out for the pod? And <laughs> if I do have a good story, if not, I'll probably save my job. So we'll see. Love it. Love it. Abe, Abe Mankin totally knows that Rachel and Don are going to bang. Dude, where are you seeing these? I just feel like <laughs> everyone's he, like walking the, around. I don't know. He, he says, he, he says Don is persuasive and dashing, which I kind of thought was funny, but I dashing for today taste. I really feel like, and they kind of gives Rachel a look. I'm like, he knows that there was a thing happening. I don't I know. Feel like he does. But they haven't banged. Yeah, but there's chemistry. Okay, but you can think someone's dashing and not think that your daughter banged him. It was the way he said it and, like, made, like, very intense eye contact with her for, like, a couple of seconds. And kind of later, this is another reason why, later in the season, there's a part where the business gets moved elsewhere and it's tied back to Dawn breaking Mm -hmm. Rachel's heart. So mm-hmm. I I like to think that like this is the start of him knowing You're something's probably right. I just like secrets. <laughs> the secrets more fun. So um, I have a question that I was going to ask later, but now since we're talking about it, uh, why isn't Rachel married? I think because like she standards. Works yeah, she works a lot, and that so she works all the time, and she has her own office, and I feel like a lot of people would freaking hate that. Fine, I guess she's the career woman. Yeah, but it's also, like, do you see her silk robe? Like, she's fantastic. Um, But she also is someone who is a badass career lady with her own office, works all the time, and is not afraid to speak her mind, which I feel like in those days would be actually a recipe to, like, be alone. Because for me, I'm like, she's the whole package. She really is, honestly. And I, uh, you deserve so much better than Don, but, you know, you'll have fun for a little bit. So the next scene, um, we meet Carol, Joan's roommate, who, again, as you mentioned, she's mentioned briefly in the episode Babylon. Um, And she comes in and she's all upset. And Joan is like basically asking her if she needs an abortion, like right off the bat, which is like, whoa, like slow, slow down. Like, let's back it up. And we learn that Carol works at a literary agency and she got fired for like a really stupid reason. Um, and she starts getting really worried about being able to pay rent and implies that like Joan always has like a lot of money. And I'm curious Mm -hmm. if you think that means Joan is paid well at Sterling Cooper, or do you think there's like some like sexual favors to boost your salary situation going on? Is Roger taking care of her? Like, I'm, I'm just curious, like, of this. I mean, she's clearly like the head of secretaries. So I'm sure she makes more than any other woman in that office. I feel like she, they mentioned jewelry later in the scene. So I feel like it's presence and that sort of thing. So more, not necessarily money, but more like riches, so to speak Mm. that she has from sleeping with guys. But to your point, she would be paid better than all the other secretaries. How well that is, how well that is paid. I don't know. Sure. It still seems like it'd be kind of rough for Manhattan, but um, more, I didn't know if that was supposed to mean that she was 
you know, Joan was kind of throwing herself in into that sort of world. And obviously like the roommate is either bisexual or a lesbian and like probably wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what that was supposed to be. Um, I definitely clocked that comment and I was like, what is that? They seem like they're mad at each other. Correct. And I don't know, maybe Carol just feels like Joan doesn't have to work hard because she's pretty and gets by with like nice things or something. But Mm -hmm. Joan does a whole like hose before bros move and is like, we're going out on the town. And then she says this line that I don't know why I really liked it, but she's like, this city is everything. And I was like, Oh, down too. I think that's really important for Joan. She fucking loves it. Yeah. Did she move there from a different place? Probably. And then she, like loves the city. Like, where do you think she grew up? Where do you think Joan grew up? Oh, because we never find out, right? Uh, she, yeah. Is she I like, mean, she strikes me as an East Coaster. Um, so boom. probably like Pennsylvania. <laughs> I was gonna say Pennsylvania. Too. Really? She definitely Pennsylvania Joan. Like she, she's like in a small-ish town and went to the city, but it wasn't that far away for her to go. But it seemed like this really big deal. I um, love that. The city is everything, even though the bachelors they meet are going to be really ugly. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> All right. Then after that, we go to Pete and Don. There's a lot of, like, duos this episode. So we Correct. go to Pete and Don. Um, Pete just waltzes into Don's office, of course. Says, where's Howdy Dowdy? Referring to Peggy, which I take offense with. Oh, I don't like um, that. I do not like that. And says that Dr. Scholes, one of their clients, has canted them and is very abrasive about it and sounds like from talking with Don that he didn't argue or say, what's your problem? We can give us a trial period. Pete just said, oh yeah, creative sucks, aka Don sucks. Let's go with that. So they get in a long fight. I will say before that, uh, Dr. Scholes called and then Don says, are they trying to do that exercise sandal thing again? <laughs> Past summer. Oh, um, I don't want to know if that was a real thing someone tried because that's hilarious. I guess this, they do actually exist, but it just seems funny. Yeah, they were like, I mean, Dr. Scholes is obviously a real company. Um, Peter says that they're going to Leo Burnett, which is a real agency that's like has a headquarters in Chicago, which is why I know about it. That's cool. And yeah, basically says he lost the account, which I I clocked as like, oh, this is like Peter's job is head, like an account guy. He's Mm -hmm. like, keeps the accounts around, you know, keeps them happy and hears their needs and then wrangles people. Um, I did feel like there was this kind of moment where Peter was like, well, I got to go tell Roger now. And Don like took it on for him. And I felt like that was actually really kind of Don. Like if, Mm -hmm. if Roger isn't, or if Peter is in fact an account guy, it should be Peter's job to tell Roger. But I actually felt like Don was kind of like, no, they clearly weren't happy with the creative work. I'm going to take this on. And I felt like that was really mature of him. I think, again, I dread it in a slightly different way. I sort of <laughs> dread it as, you know, I don't, it's hard to tell if Peter is inflating it or not because he doesn't want to be the one in trouble, but he does say there was an issue with creative. Don does seem slightly upset and maybe a tiny bit nervous the next scene when he talks to Roger about it. I read it as Don did mess up with Dr. Scholes and he wants to control the message. Oh man, up for interpretation. In. I just yeah, we so it's not really clear. 
Man, what I feel so here? aloof with like all these things going on this episode. You're just like, no, everyone is going through shit and everybody knows everything. And maybe you're right. You know, I feel like everyone. So uh, like, no macron, as you know, I had a very annoying couple of days where I, and I'm very cranky today. So I'm like, everyone's suspicious. Everyone knows <laughs> stuff. So that's just like my mindset. I'm like, everyone is Love shady. It. Yes. <laughs> Um, so also with an optimism's view. Speaking um, of, Don loses his shit and like pushes everything off of his desk like a big old baby. You know, I, this is my least favorite. Trope. I hate that. One of my least favorite tropes is I don't know if it would be a trope actually, but I just hate this sort of thing that they have in media all the time where men can't handle the stress, particularly at work, so they hit something or throw something or break something. Why are we, I'm sorry, I'm on soapbox here, but why do they have to use that as a demonstration that people are angry? Because I don't think it's supposed to show that Don's a baby man. It's supposed to show he's under stress. Because watching normal life is boring on television. Yeah. And also it goes back to the whole thing we've been talking about in season one of like, you know, uh, you break something during sex. That's not hot. It's actually clothes during sex. Also not hot. You throw shit point. on the ground, it's, like not realistic. Break something or it's not real emotion. <laughs> it's not real feeling. Correct. I understand. Yeah. But and then also, Peggy. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, but also just, he does this a lot of times over the series. Don does. It's very scary. <laughs> I hate it every time. I hate it. It scares me every time, but also he has a lot of budget to just buy new things because he broke a lot of shit. Well, remember, he makes like $300,000 in their time money, oh, you know? God, I forgot. That's so upsetting. <laughs> but yes, you're right. He can pay to break things. Um, and Peggy enters because she's like, whoa, like, what was that, you know? Yeah. Um, and then she, like, starts almost cleaning his shit, which made me so upset. And then Don mm-hmm. at least had the, you know, balls to be like, don't worry about it. Like, I just yeah. had a moment. You know? I just had a little tantrum, so I will clean up the wreckage of my tantrum. Um, one last thing to gripe about that sort of thing happening at least in this show, but I feel like I've seen this in other shows too. There's always a moment where the secretary has to come in and be like, Oh no, what was that? You know what it was. He was having a fit and he broke something. He didn't (laughs) crash and hit his head. You were looking for reality in a television show that is not real. I know, but it makes me mad. I know. It makes me mad on this day, this hump well, day where I'm busy. <laughs> I can watch like a ton of shows and I'm just like, why would they act like that? And it's like, because they want you to watch the show. You yeah, know? because it's more dramatic and Peggy is nice and she has to come in so we can see she's very preggers. She's very preggers at this point. She's about two to three months out. She's yep. clearly not bigger than she was. And it's not clear at this point that she's pregnant, but I think it's one more episode where probably the viewers are like, Okay, there's something going on. They're making this a storyline, but just a little bit of a Peggy shut up. So then Don goes into Roger's office, um, tells him about Dr. Scholl's. Uh, Roger is getting a haircut, you know, and... I was equally baffled by this. It, it like, it's so funny because it's like, I didn't even acknowledge it initially. Like, I was like, oh, he's just going to Roger's office. Okay, he's about to tell him about Dr. Wait a minute, he's getting a haircut at work? And I was like, oh, maybe you lost an account because all you do at work is not work, everyone, you know? You pay, you pay the haircutter extra to come to the office and set up stuff and get hair all over the carpet. Doesn't make any sense. Um, It doesn't, but like, let's review what Roger has done. He has had vodka and milk. He's eaten Jell-O. 
and he's gotten his hair cut. <laughs> That's what All he does. Seen. All we've seen. All we've seen. And this goes back to the Leo Burnett thing being in Chicago because Roger says, like Don says that they're going to go to Leo Burnett and Roger says, Chicago, what a joke. Sorry. Maybe you're from there. And I love that line. And it goes back to Don being an Illinois boy, which yes. is what you said a couple episodes ago. I, def- I definitely agree. He's like, are you from there? Tell and me. <laughs> I also resent that. And I'm sure you did too. Oh yeah. Because we're Chicagoans and we're like, um, excuse me, like, excuse me, NYC. You have yes. a little bit of an attitude on you, but it's okay. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Roger says basically like after finishing his haircut, well, it's time to fire some people, which is like really shitty. Um, he's very shitty. This whole episode. He's very like he's awful. Um, I know. <laughs> he's um, has the charm this, this episode, but again, this is maybe just my state of mind, but I was like, he has oh man, charm? you're going Roger's charm. Like In Roger this episode. I don't know. Th- he has less of it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I was like, more, no more. charm. He seems far less charming and far more like, sick egregious than usual yes. although don and roger i did write down that it's cute that they're just like growing out with each other they just decide that they're friends again and then roger and don's are going like oh buddy and then <laughs> then roger's come on we should like go out we should like we shouldn't fire people we should like go have sex with people and i'll use you and i'll and it's it's interesting but very weird roger once again says give me tonight you owe me that why do I owe you, Roger? I guess thought I owed you before when you tried to fuck my wife. Literally, this is the second time he's been like, wham, I'm lonely, you know? And he's also like, doesn't have Joan around because she's clearly not going to hang out with him because she's mm-hmm. going to be with Carol, um, mm-hmm. as she should be. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, well, now I'm going to be with my bro, who is like, at this point, not even his peer, you know? Like, he's his subordinate. So Don's yeah. probably like gaslit into like, hanging out with his boss, you know, cause he's supposed to head to the beach house with Betty. I really felt that Don, you know, I don't think Don's obviously he's, he's a jerk. I don't know who he's fucking at this point. Honestly, maybe it's Betty because he's, it's not, it's not, it's not, um, oh my God, it's not Midge anymore and it's not Rachel yet. So I don't know who's here, but I don't think he was really meaning to like duck out on the beach house. I definitely oh, felt not like he was all. very uncomfortable the whole time. He had just told his boss that they lost an account. And then the boss says, you owe me, go out with me and like make out with 20 year olds with me. I mean, that's kind of a bad situation to be in. (laughs) I also, now that you're saying that, I'm wondering if Roger's also kind of like a fuck you to Betty for not having sex with me, which is weird because like that was literally while Don was home. But Don is all like, oh, I have to meet up with Betty. And Don's like, ah, you owe, or Roger's like, ah, you owe me, you old fool, you know? Yeah, yeah, Um, that's kind of interesting. I didn't think about that. So that's all I had with that scene. So two things for more things from this. One is they say, oh, there's a casting call today at four. Who holds a casting call at 4 p.m. before Labor Day weekend? That's mean. That's really mean. Those poor, like, double-sided aluminum women, which just sounds like a (laughs) bummer all around again, another bummer thing. And then I'm sorry to give it a platform, but one of the the most upsetting, but not iconic, but like well-known Mad Men lines with Roger saying, when Don closes a door, he opens a dress, which makes me laugh, but also <laughs> makes me upset because that's not true at all. That's not true. Does that mean that I want to open a dress when it closes the door? Cause I'm sad. Like that's, I don't know. It, it sounds so good funny. because it goes with the cadence, but when you think about it for a second, 
were like, I don't know if that has any meaning. If but there it were ever a Roger Sterling line, though, that would be it. Yeah, it's classic Roger Sterling line. So we have a short scene with Peggy and Pete, and Pete, you know, runs into her in the office and is like, aren't you a busy beaver? And I wrote word choices. <laughs> right. God, he's upsetting. Um, and I don't know. He, he's, they just have this like whole conversation. I think Peggy fucking nails this conversation. She really does. Um, and I was really mad at Pete and I was like, you can't have part of her just cause you just can't, you can't just have part of a person. And she's mm-hmm. like, you're not going to fuck with me. And she's basically like, I don't know if you like me or you hate me or like what is going on. And then Pete's all like, you're not being professional. And I wrote the audacity because he's not being professional. Like he can go suck a dick. That's all. I I totally agree. And you, you alone will know why this is my favorite quote. My favorite quote, which really spoke to me was, I cannot believe I am in this conversation. <laughs> that was my favorite <laughs> one. So I was like, yes, girl, oh, I feel I you. Oh, I know. Uh, That's why you're having a cranky week. <laughs> yes. But at the uh, same time, I love Peggy later pushing back, where after he, Pete says, you need to be professional, she's saying, like, I'm trying to do my job. You're making it really hard. Yes. He says, I'm married. And then I love this. <laughs> he, uh, Peggy says, Yes, I've heard how that's really confusing. Maybe I can lie down on your couch again and clear that up for you. Oh! oh! I think that was very good because that's exactly great. right. You just used me because you were confused about marriage. Uh, I just feel like the Joan conversation she had in like a couple episodes ago, she was like, oh, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to help me. And then this, she's like, oh, I see what you're trying to do, Peter. She's just like, she is reading the office. She's going to run this fucking place. Like I I love that. Like she's like coming into her own. Like she doesn't have to worry. And it's not probably tied necessarily to her body, but it's sort of like, as she doesn't like all the men kind of seem to be like, at least stop teasing her and leaving her alone. She's like, I'm coming into my own. Like I know who I am. And I love that for her. So then we go to said casting call and we oh see, <laughs> yeah, this is rough. We this see Ken, Saul, not Saul. I always do that. Ken, Sal, and Paul. Yeah. Yes, that's your fault. <laughs> it's either like because it's close to Paul or because you've been watching Better Call Saul. But anyway. It's probably Better Call Saul. <laughs> Ken, Sal, and Paul are talking to the women in this casting call, all of whom are twins, which just feels like really fetishized in this, in the rest of the episode. And yes. everyone is flirting terribly. This made me so uncomfortable. I didn't so, even write down what they were saying, but I just I, remember watching it and I was like, gross, 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 gross. I don't like it. I, I have to say, uh, let me see. Okay. So I have the three lines from three different people and you have to choose one. So if you hear these three lines, who do you go on a date with? You have to go on one. God. So which line is going to work on me? I have to. Yes. And you don't know their face. They're not attached to the characters. Uh, Right. Okay. 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 I'm excited. From Sal. You have such an exquisite look. The bones of your face. (laughs) Wait, Uh, I thought you weren't going to say the characters. So, sorry, that is the character, but you have to imagine that it's not the character. Got I know it, it's got probably it, got it. a little bit That's like, okay. I, I see you. what we're doing now. Um, next? Then, Ken. I'm just going to summarize Ken to say, he tells a story about a calf that was separated at birth and says, is that, and they wanted to be together, is that like the two of you? Oh, God, Please. yes. Stop. 
And then the third is Paul saying, just, I love that they know Paul so well. He just goes, do you like Ukrainian food? <laughs> such a hipster it's just so funny i know i would probably i would probably go with that one because the bony cheek one sounds like a little insulting and weird and like Mm -hmm. clearly from someone who doesn't know how to flirt with women and then i i'm sorry i know you want to move on but it's it reminds me of one of my favorite uh my favorite lines from crazy ex-girlfriend where it's like i don't i don't know if you remember the character of daryl but he's like figuring out that He's bisexual, and then he's trying to say, like, I'm really straight. I love women. He's like, I love their hair. I like their bird-like voices. I remember that. And he's like, that, that's, uh, that sounds, that doesn't sound like a gay person. And then yes. he's like, that, that sounds straight. It sounds like a murderer, but it sounds straight. And that's <laughs> kind of how I feel about, like, what I love Gal that. said. It doesn't necessarily sound straight, but it feels a little bit murderer. Uh, well, it's sad because even though Ken is my favorite of the bros, he's just been like consistently disappointing me. So I, mean, I think that don't talk about a cast split. No, like, that's, that's the most that's the absolute up, worst. Absolutely worst one. I agree that like you crave food, like you'll at least get some good food out of it, even if he just talks at you the whole time. Oh, a hundred percent. I was like, this guy's going to mansplain Ukrainian food to me when we go out. So yeah, I guess in this situation, I'm picking Paul, who's like my least favorite. This is, so, so this upset. is upsetting. This is the first of several rounds of this, so get ready. I love this. I on. love this so much. Great, great little game show here. Oh, boy. Um, Roger then rudely chooses, like, a, um, a set of twins. That sounds weird about to talk about human beings, like a set. Right. But um, in front of everyone, mm-hmm. who, in my opinion, honestly, were not the cutest people in that room. I also agree. I felt a little arbitrary. I wrote down... Choosing casting based on a boner question mark. I wonder why Dr. Scholes fired you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird. It's very un... It's not tactful how he handles this. And I feel like I'd be so fucking pissed if I was, like, one of the twins in that room, mm-hmm. you know? Like, just, it's very rude, Yes, you know? the, all the other twins were like, really? A boner's um, gonna keep this from this? I came here at... It's 4.30 on a Friday. Why? Yeah, um, so then he convinces, like the twins to have a celebratory drink with, you know, Don and and him in the office. And, uh, there's another great line in this. Um, Oh, oh, wait, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Maybe you're good. I just want to do the next game show in case. Oh, please. I would rather do that. Yes. Okay. So it's all Roger lines. Okay. So wait, I got to make sure I get all. So I have to pick, do I rank them this time? Like what's Let's the best do a worst rank worst? of okay. the worst to least worst. Okay. So it's all skin based as you know, because he's very fixated in this girl's skin who he also asks how old she is, which is always a red flag. Yeah. I just, ugh. They're, they're also like kind they're, they're like kind of redheaded, but not as redheaded as Joan. That's like clearly why. Oh, he I didn't them. even notice that. Yeah. Right? They're like, like a little, little tinge of red he's yeah and he's more like, fetishizing me Joni, but it's like not at all oh god we're gonna get into some like real gross shit coming up it's gonna get weird okay um so rank these in terms of grossness so i'm just gonna leave out the whole there's a whole part where he says you know he he says like my my daughter's really upset you're not much older are you why are you not upset well we're just gonna skip the whole part <laughs> um black um, okay, the three skin-related comments. One is, your skin is translucent. That means see-through. God, I hate that so much. It's like your man's explaining translucent. Your word wall creeping Oh, on me. God. Is, your skin is soft as a lamb's ear. <laughs> These are so good. Three, 
is your skin is so beautiful. I just want to eat it. And I actually have a fourth no! one. No. <laughs> I want to suck your blood like Dracula. Okay. Oh, Brain. God. Brain. Nasty. So all bad. Well, the quote I was going to bring up is kind oh. of like in relation to this. Okay, because okay. I think one of the twins is like, everything he says means something else too. You know? I, I love that because the girl sort of says it like, this is bullshit. She doesn't sound like she's really thinking it's hot she's just like okay he's trying to flirt and i have all to right this is so hard the eating <laughs> you can just say the worst one we don't have to dwell. the worst I no i want to rank them the worst one is absolutely the eating the skin you know yeah you're, I then just, i think it might be the the translucent mansplaining that really bothered me then it's oh, gonna the be whisper makes it so much worse then it's wait what was the first one so the first one was translucent, and second one is your skin is soft as a lamb's Okay, ear. and then the third is this eating, and then the fourth is the blood. It's like your blood like Dracula. Okay, okay. It's going to be <laughs> the final the ranking. Final is ranking. Eating your skin is the grossest and weirdest, and I fucking yeah. hate that. Then mansplaining translucent. Then yes. sucking your blood, and then the lamb's ear. That one is like a little endearing, I guess. It's it's. I guess it's cute because the lamb's ear is also like a plant so if i don't think of an actual lamb it becomes less creepy because that's just like a soft plant do you although that's also weird with my ranking i agree with your ranking i would definitely agree because i think translucent can't be skin eating but mansplaining a definition after creeping is. Uh, i know i almost want to switch that with the blood male like it's very i'm like cannibalism ain't hot either you know so i feel like we're getting I don't know. We're getting a lot. You're just there. like batting whatever bat is. I'm Ugh. not going to upset, Red. but like it, it's very bad. And it's funny because throughout all of this, Don is so embarrassed. Oh my god! Yeah, he literally is like, okay. Well, first of all, Roger basically has the twins like kiss each other, which is like beyond any comprehension. It's so so awful. And, and Don, the is they they the one sister pauses and says, "Why does everyone ask us that?" Oh. Women, leave them alone. It's so okay. nasty. Like, what is that? I, I don't. Whatever. I and don't. then Don is literally like, "What the fuck is going on?" Which it was like, kind of putting him on like a nice he pedestal. Seemed like a better guy, where he he had the funniest smile. Like, holy shit, this is a train wreck! Like the yeah. whole time, which made it almost funny, if not. And I loved amazing. how like Roger clearly was like. Or one of the twins was like clearly into Roger, and then the other one was like clearly into Don. But Don was like very not into this whole thing. And that one yes. girl who was into Don was like, like dance with me, and he's like, I don't dance, you know. And I'm just like, God, he's so uncomfortable. He's like, please make it stop. Yeah. Um, and we all wanted it to stop, honestly. <laughs> yes, we all wanted to stop. Roger just just jerk off and go home. <laughs> like stop. Well, let's take here. let's take a pause on that and yes. go back to Joan and Carol and this is deeply sad scene so sad for Carol and this, this whole episode Joan yeah like yeah I have a question for you about this so Joan is getting dressed up and says Best another uh, yes that's the one you're picking of course yeah I mean come on it's yeah. classic um she says 1960 I'm so over you and I love that line I was like, you bitch. I love it. Seriously. <laughs> it's right. That's something that's perfect for someone to say right before you go out. Like that would be a really fun thing to say. Yeah. And Joan's all excited. I'm so over She's, you. Yeah. I honestly, really literally. Um, anyway, then 
I mean, Joan has like the, um, the pieces yeah. of having like a really awesome evening. She's like, my friend is upset. We're going to be hot. We're going to meet some men. We're going to be in beautiful Manhattan. Um, and, and then Carol says go. she loves Joan and has had a thing for her since and forever. And her, which is yeah, like stalked her and like, Oh God. And, and she just comes on like way too strong, you know? I agree, and I'm kind of curious why she wanted this moment to be now. Yeah, like I know there's I'm not like, a you're good already, time for this. You're but, already having a bad day. Like you lost yeah. your job, so now you're gonna like just put your heart on your sleeve. Like it seems like weird timing for that, but maybe she's just like, yeah. "Fuck it, I've reached rock bottom. I'm gonna like tell Joan how I feel." Yeah, maybe um, she just you know she felt really bad, and then she's pulled up by Joan. And she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna try." It's so. But then she just put herself like on a lower, like she's had, she's having the worst day. Like she lost her job and she told somebody she's been obsessed with. She loves her. And then, yeah. And then, and she's like, she has to watch that person later in a scene, bang a very unattractive man. And then for Carol, (laughs) again, it's not clear if she's attracted to men. If not, she's just has to have a man. She's like, do whatever you want. And wow, that's a bad end. Well, this, she also says to yeah. Joan, like, just think of me as a boy. And I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think of Joan's answer? Like, do you think she handled this well or not well in, like, rejecting Carol? Yeah, this is something I was thinking of, too, because to go back a second, like, of course, this is just brutal all around and I feel very bad for Carol because just her saying think of me as boy just like oh obviously that's not how that works but like she clearly has like a really shitty life like what is she supposed to do I don't know like I just have no idea like Sal go oh I said it correctly this time Sal goes off into like he goes to the park and clearly has sex with men I don't know where she would go like Carol would go that she knows this. So anyway, feel bad for her. But at the same time, I'm going off on a tangent here, but I sort of feel bad for Joan and it's not wrong that her friend said her feelings, but I think she's feeling vulnerable about being mm, the sexualized. Yeah. And like he, this was a safe thing to her. So like I can see, even though it's not necessarily fair to put on the roommate, how both of them are kind of in a bad position and feel bad about what's happening. So I think in that context and for the time period, I think that Joan actually handled it decently well, except for I do think you say that then and then you circle back the next day and you talk about it again. I think that you can't just pretend it never happened. Well, I think for that moment, (laughs) maybe it's okay. Now, don't don't just leave her alone with the man like you should think. No, I that's not a thing she wants to do. But I I totally agree. I think she actually handled it really, really well. And she was but she basically sideswept it, which is uncomfortable because it's like, but what are you going to do? And like, if you're thinking about the time period, I think she's handling it like really, really well, because this is just like not discussed, not people are not out, you know, as openly as they you know, are today. And I feel like she did handle it well, but I totally agree. Like the fact that it's just like ignored feels like really painful, but I do agree like that Joan is also in an uncomfortable position. Everyone, everyone in this episode is having a bad day, like straight yeah. up, you know? Yes. All, um, all maybe except having, like the worst day, Peggy, but you know. yeah, Peggy's just owning it. But I definitely, I agree with you kind of on this. She handled it well. And again, on this watch, I felt sort of, bad for Joan as well as Carol. Like that's just 
it's just a tough thing to navigate. And I probably had to be in that position with men a lot. And I don't know, she might be feeling vulnerable about that. So I don't know. And the apartment, like like the movie, you know? Yeah, she doesn't, um, not that the friend is casting around like canapes, that's not happening. But no, maybe but she she's just probably feeling something. really like vulnerable, like you were saying. Um, yeah. It's a bummer. Oh, it's a bummer. I totally forgot about this whole thread. I did, too. When I saw the the scene with the rejection letters from earlier and Carol came in, I was like, oh, it's this episode. Uh I forgot it was this episode. Right. I Um, guess you need to have this this different type of sad thing, breaking up the just gross men thing. We can go right back to. Oh, right away. Right away. Uh, So one of the twins kisses Dawn. Um, do you have gum? Which is just weird, but okay. Yeah, she she's like, oh, you you kiss like a married man, you know. Um, and oh, and then Roger comes in riding the other twin like a horse in her pink underwear. I have to is, say, this is one of the top most like shocking images. Like I saw this when I was oh no, a little thing. When we were like, I saw this when was this out? I don't remember if you did, but no. I was like eighteen. I was like, holy shit! Oh god, yeah. Wow, this is a this is a thing. But apparently people do. Um, um, there's I a ton of going yeah. around the block euphemisms. And one of the twins asked Dawn to wait with her while like her sister is with Roger. And I actually felt like, again, Dawn is like a little respectable in this scene, yes. even though he's not. I think the only thing, Oh, never mind. This is, he's, he's a little bit harsh in the next scene, but I do agree that it's nice to have him wait with her one, because she doesn't want to be alone. But two, I definitely feel like there's on this watch, like there's a sense that Roger might try to rope this girl. I think it's her name's Eleanor, the other sister into like a threesome. If she's just there alone and she's like, please stay with me. So that doesn't happen because I don't want that to happen. I could at least talk to you as a human being. And then there's this weird, like father daughter stuff going on. Cause like he, the Mm. twin with Roger thinks like, laughs and then Roger thinks of his daughter from like what I think of is a horrible laugh and I was like ew dude get a therapist and then this is like the the scene with like I just want to eat your skin and I was like okay like you know like this has just been a great night all around so before we move on what what do you think of the name Mirabelle (laughs) they talk a lot about the name Mirabelle it's such a pretty name you think it's a pretty name no, that's what Roger said. I'm not concerned. Oh, right, 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 right. You think? Uh, it sounds like a pet name, honestly, like a cat with a bell, a cat with a okay. bell. Named well, that's Mirabelle. cute. Okay, Mirabelle would actually be really cute for a cat. I was going to yeah. say it's extra because I'm mean, and I don't think there's anyone whose name Mirabelle is listening. But if so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think your name's extra. <laughs> like Mary is cute. Mary, Mary, like Mirabelle, Mary. I think Mary. that would be cute. Yeah, you could shorten it to like Mira or Mary. Okay, well now I'm gonna end up naming my pet that, and I'll be like, okay, I like that name. Changed my mind. Anything else here? No. Any other, any other burning questions? No, I think that we have one more scene with Joan and Joan and Carol and Uggos, as I've written, because these guys are so old. Oh my god, and they're so ugly. old and, and ugly. What? Is this where Joan gets her money or what is she getting out of this? Like power? This is what I'm saying, dude. Like maybe she's like getting with old men to get money. Maybe in this scene specifically, she's like, Carol, bang this guy so you can pay rent for the month, you know? I feel like that has to be it because 
if it's just out of a sense of her like sexual power, that'd be really sad because you can't enjoy these. Not only are they like ugly, they're not they're not charming. They're not charming. Okay. I have my last round. Which, which way? Guy? I'm going to combine this with the next scene. Okay. One line from the next scene. So two lines from this. And this is women-centric this time. Okay. Women flirtation lines. Yeah. Okay. So there's three of them. Ready. Uh, we can just go ahead and do ranking. So the first one that Joan says is, I love language. Words in their ways. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> two is, put that in a book and sell it. <laughs> Love oh these. These are these there are so is. much better though than the men lines. They, they are. They're already better, but they're also pretty cringy. Is the third one also Joan? No, the third one is in the next scene. Um, that act, the non Mirabelle twin says, "You kiss like a married man. You know, it's great." Or oh, like, I did jump. I knew that wasn't in the scene. Yeah, yeah. Was, so I, I needed like to make that. it three to make it even. But I mean, that one's okay. just like gross. I don't like that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be the worst one is that, then put that in a book and sell it. And then my favorite one is like, oh, words in their ways. <laughs> Every time Joan says that, I'm like, Joan, you're better than this. I love like, that. I that. think that's really funny. Oh, no. Okay. Thank you for playing this terrible round of people cannot flirt on this show. <laughs> well, I didn't have much to say about the Joan and Carol banging scene. Cause like you, we kind of already touched upon it. Like it's, yeah, it's it, a bummer. Joan goes and bangs that guy. Carol's like, do what you want. It's, and she's just, just like, she's like, I just want to feel something like that's fine. Yeah. So. Does, does Joan ever talk to Carol again? Because we never see her again in the show. I don't think like, does she just like, that, the next that's day, the way like, to kill a friendship, you know? Yeah. But Not like, even so like, much the, totally, the love. But, Part, but does but the she fact, the, like, wait, I followed you part? The, I followed you from college to Manhattan little, to live with you is fucked up. Little, it's a messed rough. up. It's yeah. a little rough if you do not reciprocate. If you reciprocate, you'd be like... You're like, dude, Carol, romantic. like, reel it in. Like, you don't need to tell her that, you know? Just do a little hint. Oh, do a little God. hint. Um, does Joan move out the next day? Like, does she take... Oh, like, what does she possibilities. do? I don't know. Next, next, next season, she's with douchey doctor man already yeah that's next season i oh, think man uh yeah i mean i would say carol probably can't pay the rent so oh, that's a good point she's too. probably like get out you know yeah. like I, we gotta oh, go our own ways like move back home with your parents and be creepy so oh, poor carol poor carol <laughs> e, i'm sorry take some of your time well yeah, that's is is that all? We could go on uh, back to the twins. We already said the married man line twice. Yes. Um my Don Dupe was that he's been, this is when he's like kind of shitty to the twin and he's I just agree. like sorry to keep referring to these two individuals as twins, but we we don't really I guess one of them's Maribel, one of them's Eleanor, so he's with Eleanor. I think so, but Okay, it, let's let's name names. them. So yeah. he's with Eleanor and then Don was basically like you're selling too hard, meaning like she's flirting too hard with Don, and I'm just like, dude, like that's so rude and it's like if you just don't want to be with her, just like say no. Like don't be like you're coming on too hard or whatever. I, I agree. I think that was unnecessarily like I'm in the dominant position. Like, okay, we get it. We yeah. get it. But at the same time. So then Roger has a heart attack. It's very scary. While naked. While naked, which is highly embarrassing. It is very um, scary. Don tells the uh, Eleanor and Maribel to call the ambulance and leave, which again, mm-hmm. I felt like was appropriate because he's yes. like, Hey, help me out and get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah, we can't guys... have this kind of scandal thing. Right. Right. Um, and then they get to the hospital and Rogers like 
saying Maribel, Maribel, and then Don slaps him and he's like, Mona, your wife's name is Mona. And I was like, God, this is so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. The only thing though that now makes me laugh is I saw like an after the episode thing where it was Sean Slattery who plays Roger saying that uh, John Hamm loved that scene and had like extra takes so he could keep on slapping him across <laughs> the face. I oh, John Hamm. So now I think this is sort of funny, but at the same time, it is very messed up. Okay. So after uh, Roger gets slapped, they go to the hospital and it cuts pretty, pretty uh, quickly to Roger just looking like absolute shit it's very scary he's very gray and i think that john slattery does a really good job of acting the scene and just having such like a different than what we know roger to have that it is actually very scary um as an as my as a quote this is not my quote but a quote that stuck out to me is i always thought it would be the ulcer Mm -hmm. that got me i did everything they said i ate the butter I drank the cream and I get stuck with the coronary. That's funny on two levels because I, I looked this up afterwards. Um, one is, of course, butter and cor- uh, cream and then you have a coronary, like, of course. Two is dietary changes like that. Like, having fatty foods is a really old way to deal with ulcers. Like, that's not how you deal with ulcers. So it wouldn't help either thing. So mm-hmm. that's a very nerdy thing to say. But when they had that line, I was like, oh, that's jokes for two reasons. I noted that as well. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, And then at that point, Roger also goes into this whole tangent about like human energy. And Don is kind of like, what do you mean? And then he's like, oh, like, do you think like humans have like energy? Do you you think they have a soul? And I felt like that was really poignant and Mm -hmm. almost like he was kind of looking for some kind of redemption or like to feel something or, or think that there was something more if he was going to die, you know, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> it's all very sad. And yeah. then Don at one point too is, is kind of like, what do you want me to say? Which is just like, of course he says that he said that with Betty when, you know, she was depressed and he's just like, what do you want me to like, are you happy? Yes. No. Or she, she asks, Don, you know what I'm talking about? That scene yeah. where yeah, he she, doesn't know how to deal with, emotions when people are emotional he doesn't know how to be supportive he just goes what do you want me to say which is i think the worst thing you can say because yeah it's like say something you're like you literally like craft words for a living you know yes and if i asked you a question do you believe in a soul like that's a very direct question which also is sort of interesting because it shows sort of not that it's not like a you know not to get too deep but like a lifelong process to think about like that level of question, but it seems like Roger hadn't really thought about it that much. And, and you could also lie to like a person who's, who's potentially dying, like just lie. For you sure. know? It was sort of interesting though, that Roger asked that question the way he did, because it sounded like he had never thought of that before and he's pretty old. Yeah. So it's, you know, like he says earlier in the scene, I've lived my life like I'm much relief. Like I've kind of just been hedonistic and gone from thing to thing that makes me feel good. And now this yep. is making me think about, let's think bigger about than just stuff, which kind of, again, Don ignores this lesson, but we can get into that later. Well, and then uh, Mona and Margaret come and he starts sobbing in front of them, which was heartbreaking. And he's a really good actor for it. I have to say that this, I totally agree. This scene, 
for this image of Roger and this burned, is burned like into my brain. Roger, Roger crying and saying, I love you so much, Mona, after he just like rode oh, on God. a 20-year-old and trying to make twins make out with each other. When oh, I was young and still, I'm like, men are so weak, which is terrible. I'm so sorry, men who are listening, but like I just had such a visceral, like, oh disgusted reaction about how fragile roger was after being so terrible i like it still sticks with me every time i mean I it's that. a jarring juxtaposition where yeah you're like oh man sigh. um and then anyway there's nowhere to go from there but no like, but don leaves the room and the door's shut but he's looking at the window and it feels kind of like this introspective moment of like roger being with his family and don kind of like isolated from all of that i don't know if there's much to say about that but yeah he he's clearly upset um and we'll go again we'll go on to figure out the very strange way he reacts to seeing roger with his family <laughs> well then there's a cut scene and and joan goes to the office and bert is there because everybody found out about this somehow you know and uh you know joan again everyone's wow. having a bad day Bert is basically like, we need to send a message to literally everyone okay. on this long weekend. That, that was weird to me too. It's like the so Friday weird. Night. Like, can you wait till Tuesday? Can you wait, Joan, overtime, right, for being here and like oh my midnight. God. I was so mad. I was like, the a that like it's it's interesting because we live in an era where like you could have instant communication and your boss could literally text you and be like, I need your help on like a Friday night. And I feel like in this day and age, we'd be like, um, no, like I'm not, it's Friday. It's Labor Day weekend, yeah. you know? And it's Joan, that, sorry, it's both that, but also if you were a client, right. And it was someone who is like a partner, but fine. It's one of several partners at the, at the, I guess it's Agency, just Bert and yeah. Roger at this point, but still, yeah, Sterling Cooper. But still, one of the partners had a heart attack, and then you you get say a telegram and it says, you know, it's it's twelve twelve, it's midnight, and it says at nine forty two p.m. tonight he had a heart attack. They wouldn't do an exact time, but like two hours ago, I would go, what's wrong with these people that like, they send it wait. two like, hours later? Like it seems really insensitive, and I don't know. It's just such a weird move, not only for well, having to work, but like how soon it is past the right. Because if he's fine, like you don't need to send a message at all. You know, it's a it little feels, panicky and seems a little bit defensive. But I can justify that they probably are panicking because they lost Doctor Scholes, so they need to That's like. True. They, I think this is like a really extra way to show like they are thinking of their clients at all times of the day, even in the midst of like one of the partners having a health scare, which is mm -hmm. also really messed up and like, yeah. whatever. But they're but, smaller than we think they are. Like one client yes. and one partner goes down and everyone panics. But I was also like, Jonas to spend all this time after midnight, like sending telegrams. It's going to take forever. You know, it's going to take, do you see that file Bert had? It was huge. <sighs> it's going to be so bad. Although I, let me say all even though they don't really interact throughout the series, I think that this is actually my favorite duo. I love Joan and Bert because Bert just has this very cool, like respect for Joan. It's just like, you're a badass. I'm not going to say it to your face like that. And he's but not I'm sexualizing her. Yeah. And he's not sexualizing her. He's just like, you're, you're a badass and you're like a very good business person. Yeah. Love it. Um. So then Don calls Betty and Don tells Betty about Roger and then it gets like immediately masked by like her bitching about Gloria, you know, 
Um, and she just feels like her father has replaced her mother mm-hmm. and Don isn't really listening. And I feel like they're both not really listening to each other of like what's going I, on. I do agree. I totally agree. I think that it's, they both kind of talking past each other. And I did notice Betty, you know, she moves on pretty quickly from what he says. And I was a little upset, but then when I thought more about it, he is the person who told her that grieving is extended self-pity. Yes. He's immediately shut down his emotions. So I don't, to be fair, I don't really know what she should say because he wouldn't respond. I don't think if she said, how are you? Like, she says how you're feeling at the beginning, but, or how are you doing? But are you sad or anything? He said he sadness is stupid. So I don't know what she's supposed to say. Interesting. I also, in my own skepticism, like, I don't know how to say this in a way that's like not shitty. (laughs) I'm just like, everyone is like showing up at the hospital or the office for like their boss at midnight who's having a health problem. And I'm like, people are showing up for their boss like this. It feels like a lot. And I feel like the only people who should be at the hospital are Mona and Margaret. Am I crazy? I feel like Mona and Margaret and then Don because he was there, but Pete being there is is weird. He just shows up. He ends up at the hospital, you know? And And then they watch a Nixon or like a Kennedy ad. And I just feel like everybody, everybody in the office like knows about this heart attack. It's just like within two hours. Like this is a, nowadays is an email that you get maybe that Sunday. It just feels, yeah, it feels disrespectful and abrupt and I don't know. It's weird. So yes, I agree. Well, then (laughs) instead of doing a normal thing, Don goes to Rachel's house and he basically like demands to come inside. Her PJs are amazing. We already established that. So good. So I know that we're going to get into this scene, but I just find it so interesting. I know that Again, we just talked about Betty talking kind of past him and they are not connecting. But I think it shows sort of like the disconnect between Betty and Don that he doesn't try to go to her. Yeah, obviously. Or ask him to come down or open up to her at all. He opens up to this other woman. And then so it's interesting because he sees Roger with his family. Yes. And then he says, this is all there is later in the scene. Not to jump ahead. This is all what is, like, being honest with the partner. Like, you have, uh, like, it's just really interesting that he interprets this this way, and this is the action he takes. Yeah, it doesn't. And also it's upsetting. (laughs) It doesn't make any logical sense. Like, I think you would think a person witnessing their boss having a heart attack Mm -hmm. and crying in front of their wife and daughter would, like, then go to his wife and children, you know? logical step. But but... we don't do that, and we numb ourselves with sex, you know? And basically... Sorry, uh, how does he know where Rachel lives? Oh, this is the 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 key question for season one: is people showing up at other people's apartments? It's Do, like, what is going on? In their files, and then we just never called the cops on this. But okay, yeah, I'm like, I guess if you think about like a job application, they sometimes ask for your address. But if you're like working with someone in a business level, you're not going to like share your address unless like. I guess she said, "I got the telegram." So, like, she got a telegram at her house about Roger. Like, she so, said, like, I got what, a telegram about What, did Don call Joan it. and be like, I need Rachel's address? Like, but how then, did he yeah, get yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Still, Weird. Still doesn't make gap. any sense. Everyone is stalking everyone. It's fine, you know? Um, 
I don't yes. even know you would find someone's address today. Like that takes some digging and it's like, we have way more information at our disposal, <laughs> whatever. I moving completely on. Agree. Um, he's all upset. He says Roger's skin looks like gray paper, which is a very apropos description. And they kind of mm-hmm. made, you know, John Slattery's skin look like gray paper. They, they um, did. And then he kisses her. And initially she's like shutting it down. You know, she's like, what are you doing? And then I think she does a very good job all the way up to the end. But like, what you going to do? Like it's, it's Don Draper and he's pushing real hard. So, yeah. And I felt like this was a really key characterization scene for Don Draper. And she's basically like, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know. I don't like feeling like this. And mm-hmm. then he goes into this backstory about being a pallbearer in church and like seeing dead bodies in like a casket. And it's like, he can't hide from death. And I think Don Draper has this like perpetual fear of death um, that I kind of parallel with like Betty's fear of being alone, like divorced and alone. It seems like they both are just like paralyzed Mm -hmm. by these ideas of like the inevitability kind of. What, yeah. What if the good thing I had would end like what then? Because it's but they very don't much, even, you know, just like the gloss, and like they're not if, even in a good thing. I think they think they're in a good thing. It's all know? yeah. It's all about the gloss on the outside. They're like, what if this thing with the gloss wasn't here? Deteriorates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe you should think bigger. <laughs> and then I just always laugh at lines that are like, like Rachel's like, I've never heard you talk this much. And every time there's like a line about Don's speech, I just crack up because he's so closed off. He is like a turtle in a shell all the mm-hmm. time, you know. And um, it, it's so strange that. So to go back there, basically he says, I don't want to feel like this. She's like, no one does. And she says, of course you're sad. He's your friend. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he's, Don says, you know, I work with them. What's the difference? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not just rude, but like, it's just a very interesting way to think about it. And then you realize, uh, I think also Rachel realizes Oh, this is about your own existential crisis. This is not about your friend. Yeah, and um, I think uh, Don also thinks Rachel knows him, which is this weird. This was bizarre. How? You've never talked to her. You just want to have sex with her. And she's told you something. I don't but. know if it's, like, just about having sex. I think it's, like, well, it, it's mostly about having sex. But it's, he's, like, also. through his armor once. But, like, but it's also, like, I think he wants to just feel something. And I think being mm-hmm. with a woman who's not his wife, who he's clearly, like, in a numb relationship with, is going to make him feel, like, something to numb the pain of, like, confronting death and, like, a fucked up evening. Yeah, I totally agree. I think. Ooh, we're putting shoe on the other foot. If we're going to be slightly generous to him, I think that, you know, maybe he realized seeing Roger cry to moan and be like, I love you so much. Oh. He's like, I don't have that. I mean, Betty's really nice, but he's not honest with her. So he doesn't mm-hmm. have that kind of even like the openness he has with Rachel. And he's, you know, it's actually kind of good to have someone who knows you to like support. Like if I actually am grieving and it's not all pygmies running people up into dust, I kind of need someone who knows me and why I would be freaked out. So like, it's kind of good to have people know your back. We are like fully interpreting this episode. (laughs) We're like interpreting the shit out of it. We're just doing every other, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I love that Rachel then says like, you're, you're just like, 
you know, speaking in a way that, and the way you're talking to me is just an excuse for bad behavior. But I Don love is, sex. I was like, ding, 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 ding. It's exactly right. But, but Don is um, very persuasive and uh, a little bit, it's so aggressive that I'm like, it's kind of on the line. Like I will, I would be probably into it if it was John Hamm, but if it was someone less attractive, I'd be like, this is kind of a soul. I know. I was like, is the desperation here hot? Question mark. <laughs> And like the answer should be no. It's like not, you know. Don Deba of the episode that he pushes so hard with Rachel over oh, over 100%. again, and then, and then he stops and he's like, "No, I'm not going to do this unless you want it." I want. He's like, "Are you it. sure?" And I'm like, "Dude, don't do this." Well, you're like, for consent now, now, literally now. After you like kissed her and were very like, you basically barged your way into the apartment. Like, get out yeah. of here. Yeah, come over and sit by me. You're looking. Uh, oh, because you're closer to like my boobs. That's probably why. Anyway. Mm, I don't know. I, I like don't want this to be hot. It was kind of hot. <laughs> I know. And you're like, oh man, we've just been Jedi mind fucked as like a, like an entire female. Like all of females have just been like screwed over. But like I also found it hot and I was like, I'm upset. I'm upset too. But everyone's upset in this episode. Yes. yes. Going back um, to Joan being upset. Yeah, there's a quick scene with Bert and Joan, who you love. Um, and Bert says, Don't waste your youth on age. And he implies that he knows about Roger. I, this I is like this. an implication. Yeah. I love this, this. Yeah. There was no hiding from there because initially Joan thinks he's talking about the guy that she was with who i guess dropped her off at the office and was like mad like that he couldn't stay which is correct super, but yeah um she's like i have an emergency like leave me alone you know yeah like um, this is my work and you're just a fling and then yeah bert is just like what are you doing you know mm-hmm. and i i notice at the end that they make a point of um he says, like, can you get the button? And she presses it. And then she's like Shirley McLean in the, the, the mm. apartment. She's the operator. Now, I think, like, that was parallel was kind of strong anyway. They didn't necessarily need that. But, like, I noticed that this time, which I don't think I've noticed that in the past. For sure. Yeah. God, she looks so good. I want to look that good in a dress someday. Um, and then we end the episode with Rachel and Don again. And we get a lot of backstory post-coitus about uh, Don's mom and how she died in childbirth um she was a prostitute who slept with his father um and then his father also died after getting wasted and getting hit in the face or kicked in the face by a horse and then he was basically raised by like his father's wife and another guy and then he says this line like i was raised by sorry people which is so gutting. And then it just kind of ends abruptly. Like, I didn't think the ending of this was very smooth, but yeah, it just kind of like, like ends with a lot of backstory. And I'm like, no, don't leave, leave me here. Like as the end note, I guess maybe we liked it more back in the day when that was a surprise, because you know, when you first see it, you go, Holy shit. We actually know kind of his hangups because he's never told us mm. in the audience, this kind of thing. But I agree that they, he says all the sorry people, and then Rachel smooths his hair and kisses his head for like two seconds, and that's it. And you're like, wait, you're like pull what? the plug. Yeah, it's um, over. This is it's a sad quote, but I'm pretty sure that this is in this a very similar thing is in Fifty Shades of Grey, where he goes, 
my mother was a whore. Go to sleep. <laughs> so I just laughed the whole time. I was like, oh, God, yikes. you're literally being like, I don't even know the name of the main character, but it's like very similar and kind of, I'm sure at the time I thought this was a really good twist. I just viewed it as very melodramatic at this point. I was like, oh, God. Um, did just you, like, I care about you. Ugh. Did you have a favorite line in this episode? Oh, I, it was the quote where it's, I can't believe I'm having this conversation. Again, you know why. So that Love was that. mine. Okay. Um, well, we did. It was not uh, any of the, any of the flirt lines. Obviously. Well, we did best lines, best outfits, Don dupes. Um, mm-hmm. I think that covers I think we, it. I think we covered all of it. So next episode. Oh, so you're always going to give us a little tease, little teaser. I'm, I'm a little I'm pretty sure that like next episode is called Indian Summer, and that's the one. If you guys remember, it's the one where Don starts fucking Rachel, and then Betty gets horny, and then she like orgasms on a dryer. That's that one. If you remember that scene, I, I can see by your face you don't. So, well, no, it's I, I, I thought that I don't. No, one. I do remember it. I felt like we already got some like Betty Draper on the dryer. No, that that is coming. Wait, no- that totally happened earlier. No, no, no. I'm pretty okay. Maybe what? Wrong, I thought there was like a, a little s- teaser of there's that. There's a salesman. We're gonna have to cut all no, this out. Okay, <laughs> <There's> a salesman. <laughs> or I keep it in for the fans who will oh, love it. Maybe outtakes. No, I yeah. definitely thought this already like a little little snippet of like some like masturbation on the appliances already happened. She she maybe what you're thinking of is she already said do you want to have sex? And then he says, I have to read this book. No, dude, I swear to God, like this already happened. Like, (laughs) okay, we're going to see next week. And this is going to be a thing on our episode next week. So it's going to make our conversation. I can't wait. Funnier because it's going to have layers. That's a great way to end this episode because I don't know anything else about this episode. I just know that (laughs) Betty, I'm pretty sure that iconic scene, but that's a great, image to end on for all of the depression that we just witnessed we're going to different places i don't know if they're better but different (sighs) matthew weiner what are you doing what are you doing (laughs) until until next time till next time bye